Count us off, bro. Three, two, one. Brendo, Brendo, Brendo. Well, the Brendo man comes. Comedy contest, oppression, and funds. Wherefore the Brendo man comes. Comedy contest, oppression, and funds. Brendo, Brendo, comedy contest, coaching, comedy, Chrissy, crashly consulting, comedy contest. Hey, Brad brought us home. Brent Company. That's how it ends. Company. That's how it ended today. Get in strong and get out strong. That's another guest vocalist. Who do we have today? We have Mr. Brent Lowry. Hey, thanks for having me, fellas. <sighs> A fellow San Diegan. Yes. Hello, San Diegan. Now Portland comedian. It's official now. You had your baptism in the Portland's Funniest Person Contest. 2021, the 10th one. Last night, you were there. Number 10. <sighs> and uh, just... I don't want to bury the lead, but the probably the most exciting part was that the original Portland's Funniest Person contest winner, Ian Carmel, was the one who did the stall set. So he did 20 minutes. It was his second set in 16 months, he said. He was like, I'm nervous for the first time in years. And it probably felt great. He probably loved it. He killed. He killed with a great story. He's he the, looked. He's the mayor of Portland. He just sold out two shows at Revolution Hall. Like just... They were like that. They sold out like for that. For this week? It was like in August. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, and he looks probably like the most healthy version of himself you could possibly imagine. I barely recognize uh, yeah. him. Yeah. I mean, that might be nice for him. He might get less, he finally will get less recognized between the mask and his <laughs> his new more aerodynamic look. It's like maybe maybe he's, maybe he's going to want to take the mask off yeah, and remind everybody that their favorite son is home. I, I am such a fan of the Carmel's. When my daughter was born, I was wearing an all-fantasy-everything t-shirt. Wow. And the delivery nurse that checked me in was St. Sue Carmel, Ian's mom. No. Yeah. You can't even plan that. It's wow. You manifested that. your nurse by virtue of a shirt? And <laughs> she is amazing. Like, I just know her in the periphery, seeing her at Ian's shows. She's very supportive. She, you know, She's on... Referred to, and she's on the All Fantasy Everything Ian's podcast with Sean and David Bory. Check it out, comedians, if you want a great time. Did she recognize you from comedy? Or she did... recognized the shirt, and my <laughs> wife's in delivery, and she wanted to take a picture of me and send it to Ian. <laughs> it's like it's great. Barely remember that guy, but that's cool. I mean, super cool for <laughs> him. Cool for you. He he was sweet. That was. I mean, he well, he's still with us. He was sweet last night. Uh, he was sweet to me in our interaction, but yes, he is still with us. No, he's a great... He, he reminds me of, like, Ian Carmel in Portland is kind of like, when you hear David Letterman, I've heard it said of him, like, one of the nice things about being him is, it's like, he's like a small town, Everyone, the, the country is his, like, small town, like, hey, what's up, dude? What's, and that's Ian in Portland. Yeah, he uh, seemed to recognize a lot of people. I think he came with Adam. He just he looked comfortable. He looked happy. He was doing jokes about how he's hot now, and now people aren't going to like him as much as when he was fat. It was really <laughs> funny. Um, he's always been handsome, but he's just as likable. Uh, yeah, love him. All right, we did our mandatory praise praise Ian segment, sure. but it's true. He's an awesome dude. He does. He's been so. He's gone out of his way when he was like on his up and up, being like, "Send me writers packets. Let me do a panel at Bridgetown. Let me." He's a he's a bridge builder. Love him, love him. Yeah. And you know, it's appropriate to talk about him because he was the original winner. Like, you right, said. right. It was yeah. 
if you're going to meet him, meet him at the place where he was, you know, cutting his teeth. Just It's just something to go, well, keep working and, you know. That was special. So you're... Trust the process. First contest, but you're not new to comedy contests. I have done a Denver's version of that and a San Diego comedy work. A San Diego version of that. Are you addicted the, to comedy contests? The Madhouse. No, Tell I out of state contests. I uh, oh, the Madhouse. I've been there. The Madhouse when it was up at the uh, on seventh floor of the mall in Horton Plaza. Horton Plaza. Yeah. it's down on a in the gas lamp now. But yeah, you know where F.E.O. Schwartz used to be. Same level. Yeah. Yeah, that place is bizarre. Uh, they shut it down. They're, they demolished it. Um, the outdoor mall? The outdoor mall. It only oh. lasted like 25 years. But the contests are... I do not love them. I, I appreciate them. I respect the opportunity. But I think that, in a way, I also resent the fact that they're the only times that everybody on the lineup could have a great set. And not everybody goes home happy, which, on a normal show, everyone would. Um, and that did... That rarely does happen. There's a lot of times but where isn't you... isn't every show, isn't every mic a contest for the audience's approval anyway? And people are like, oh, but I just hate that it's a competitive. It's like, isn't it always? Inherently, but you're you're more competing with yourself. Right. You know, at an open mic, you could just be trying to do a better version of what you did two hours ago. And it's less directly competitive. Whereas it's clear when you're watching somebody kill and get laughs on a level that you didn't get, you're like, oh... This is threatening my validation for myself as a comedian because that's all yeah. we're we're in it for that. It's we're in it, we're in it for validation, and there's no if time there better to be validated than a contest. So everyone enters, but I think very few people um, like walk away note. with what they want. And uh, but I do uh, like walk out like, with good tape, right? There's you there's can't like lose a, if you get good tape. Did you get good tape? I think I got a good tape. Uh, that's okay, I, I bit the bullet. So if we're jumping uh, into it, jump into it. We're, I bit the bullet, and I think that the having experienced it, I'm not, I won't. I won't blame it for not advancing. But I will say, the person who bites the bullet is the only person who follows the rules. Everyone else follows someone else's closer, right? And the person who goes first is literally following the rules. Nobody likes somebody that follows rules. Uh, and in comedy, that's not what we. I mean. You're Dude. literally a rule follower, which makes you a square. <laughs> it, does, it, it doesn't set... It, you have to set the bar yourself. And so my plan was, I knew my five, I'm going to come in, set a high bar, and my, my hope, which you wouldn't hope in a show, my hope was that the bar would then noticeably drop lower, and I would stay memorable for ten more comics. But the bar was just kept getting raised. Right, yeah. And there were moments where it got... Yeah, I mean... So we'll just do my how I feel about. Well, the, let's just dive into your set. Like, how how tuned in were you? Did you do what you thought you were going to do? Yeah, I, I got a laugh in the first ten seconds. You know, uh, went, Dan Weber gave me some great feedback. I talked about topics that maybe aren't ideal. Did for, you have butthole clench clenching going on with some of your? I mean, I talk about edgy material. Edgy. I guess I, I'm talking about misogyny, feminism. Uh, protests, reparations, all in the first 10 minutes of a contest, which maybe looking back wasn't the best decision. I think the best jokes were my jokes about my name, which are, stay pretty benign and self-deprecating. It's a pretty versus benign name. Brent, it's, that's the whole premise of the joke, is it's almost too benign. Uh, it's <laughs> almost so benign it's malignant. But uh, We'll link to the full set in the comments. 
the, it closed on that stuff, and that was when it felt like, okay, I, they're popped, they're ready to go. Yeah. The, uh, I did what I could do, and um, I was so nervous going into okay, it. I think likability is what you want most of all in a contest. Because mm-hmm. you want votes. Right. So you, you, the guy who had the best set was Jordan Kastner, in my opinion, and his set. Not very likable, no, just kidding. No, his set was so, it was just a very, but like a story that wouldn't, it wasn't controversial, it wasn't, I mean, it ends with a teenage girl getting punched, but. And see, there it is, it's a twist at the ending. It's a twist that, violence against women. You're just following a story until then, and it it was kind of a, a lesson in what a great comedy contest set could be it's just one bit that uh rarely done but when it's done well it's so good it's so memorable because it makes you go this guy's probably got 10 of these i mean yeah it's a classic ben harkins two years ago i think made at least the semifinals with five on little caesars yeah we we took the chairs out you can't eat it here Little Caesars, you get. He, he's not angry. He's just dry. That's so great. But he doesn't stop. He doesn't keeps going, stop. and then you're like, almost by the fourth minute, fifth minute, you're just that, impressed. That's that's one that breaks the the PFP score scoremaster five thousand. A slow cooker like that. Yeah, because they're not getting the laughs per minute, but you're captivating the audience. I mean, like I think of uh, Dahlia's opening, where she like started super like slow and like serious but then like it turned into a joke and it got the crowd like just really into her so she didn't necessarily score as well as some of the people laughs per minute wise no especially with the opening like it could have been like she could have had like a lot more laughs but her impact was stronger yeah yeah i think so i think um jordan also tagged the fuck out of his stuff and his laughs per minute were probably just just as great yeah, so if you can pull off a story with with, with the laughs, and yeah, that's a great set. Yeah, yeah I would be. He said it was. Uh, that's what eight, I've had to work on a lot. An eight minute bit that he chiseled into five, and so that eight minute bit. I just I can't even think about writing something like that. Yet. It's I've just been back in it for a month, and I was like, I haven't even done eight minutes. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, and you want so a ten one. minute slot at the garages, so you gotta. That's I thought true. you just $120. Now you got yeah, 10, 10 minutes, minutes next, next week. Right. See, I, I'm having, I didn't expect it, but between, I'm having a lucrative 2021. I did not expect you it. You won your first contest. I won fantasy basketball. Okay. I won 200 bucks. Nice. So already this is like the second highest grossing year of comedy earnings <laughs> in my lifetime. I won 20 for a decent set at the garages, working on my contest set. Uh, I won $5. Busking, I didn't win it. I earned five dollars busking. I was waiting for my buddy, and I was just playing my ukulele, practicing my song. So I just had the guitar case open, and some dude dropped five dollars in. Hell yeah! <laughs> uh, I should also mention that my adorable two-year-old was wandering around and uh, being cute too. So uh, I think that's going in her. Um, I think that's going in her slush fund. So yeah, very she might, have, she might have earned that more than the music. They pay us to do what we do at Sookie's. I say that like I'm surprised. Comedians, if you plan on starting a micro show, make sure you get paid. It is true, but it's also one of those things that when you're so desperate for stage time, you're like, yeah, it's good. Can I ask for this? Can I? Yeah, uh, that's good that you're getting that you have an arrangement there. But now you're in this contest. 
uh, you know, I would say the majority of folks, this is a different year. I mean, there's, you know, like folks like Bruce Gray, who's in your, your round, they're transplants. And so, like, does that mean more or less? Because it's like, I need to prove to my peers that, hey, you know, I'm coming into this community with advanced standing. It did feel like in the last year, people, we just did enough work with Last PDX, and then I only started Portland Comedy four months before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So it felt like something where I could, I, I know that I've been on the boards and the name is just for, from laughs or from running the lot show that we did. Like, my name has probably been heard by people who haven't met me yet. And I'm, so it my felt memory's like, cloudy during the pandemic. Were you the dude that was like, I am starting a thing about starting a garage or a, a mic? What do I know? And people were like, what are you doing? Stop that right now. No, I ended up avoiding else. it because we did it parking lot style. Parking lot style. We did it safe. And so ended up, people just slowly got on board with it. But by the time we stopped, there had been, we got a hundred comedians up in a parking lot that we had no permission to be in through the course of five months and kept, you know, every Wednesday we kept the lab. I'm not saying that. Uh, I established myself, but I felt like the contest was an opportunity to validate the fact that, uh, yeah. and so I could, I could imagine that there would be like an extra pressure, but Bruce Gray didn't feel it. If we're yeah. talking about him last night, he's, he followed Jordan Kastner. So we're not going to go chronological. of Los Angeles. Yeah. We're not going to go chronological, I think with this, but that's fine. The, basically the three guys who advanced all advanced. They're all in a row. It went Jordan Kastner, Bruce Gray, David oh, Kilgore, and they all—they boom, boom, boom. all three were the ones that advanced. And I thought Jordan set it off with a tidal wave. Bruce Gray knew exactly how to ride it because he has strong jokes, and he also has been working at the comedy store, so he follows. Yeah, I saw his marquee at the comedy store. I was like, whoa! People—he's okay. followed people who have killed. Ten times harder than Jordan, even if you did kill. So he also knows enough to ride the wave, but re- let it reset and build mm-hmm. his own. And say, you know, keep it going for Jordan. He just killed, and then let it, yeah, and be come out strong with his own bits. And and then he finished uh, by saying good night. It was my one of my favorite things that I heard. He goes, "Good night, I'm Filipito," which. Um, <laughs> And now we can talk about Filipito because he you was... You gotta love the one names. If you if you're if you're out there wondering, should I go, should I buy a ticket for this contest? Yes, of course. Oh, so your there's club. supposed to be a comma, Aaron Harlan, and then yeah. Filipito. Okay. Yeah. So Two people. Not an Aaron Harlan character no, as I had, had proposed last sure, week. Sure. Uh, but if you see a lineup with one or multiple performers with a single name, buy tickets. Sure. Because it'll either be great or use bad. their name, you'll get two for one. It, and it was it was great and bad. Basically, he did something that it, he he did an eight to ten minute set. I think it was probably closer to ten. <laughs> oh man! And it was the audience laughing. You should chop him, chop him, cut him. Cut the him. audience was laughing at him at a certain point. Oh wow! But he just kept going, and he was very resilient. And the light was. Solid for at least three minutes, Burn maybe it. four, and we, to the point where everyone's like, "Are they are they going to cut his mic off?" Like the comedians are all talking, and I think looking back on it, that would have really Nick is a very patient man for just sitting through four Nick minutes. Respects that hey, this is a contest. You know the rules. You paid. Yeah, but he also could be like, "Hey, you know it's the rules. Dis- it's a disservice. You're you're disrespecting the thing that I'm helping run, and I'm going to cut your mic off." But he actually, but if he cuts the mic off, then 
the whole energy changes. Yeah. And instead, Adam got up and said, he addressed one of the hosting rules. He goes, oh yeah, one of the hosting rules. No, don't address the previous comic set, no matter how you feel about it. And then he started giving like real hard body language that he wasn't <laughs> a fan or that he would have said something about it. And so that was a very subtle way of like. I'm seeing, one year I saw someone, I saw one of the hosts, someone bombed so hard that the host did quick and i was like i think you need to give the host like one like you know like like a like a replay in the nba you know give them one kind of reset in a situation like that because that's a disservice to the comedian following a 10 minute set which was kevin hossam who immediately said something like he kind of made fun of filipito he or like the way he kept calling he kept calling everything mother motherfuckers but he was like (laughs) He had a catchphrase. Yeah. Filipino had a catchphrase and we got 10 minutes of it? God damn it. Yeah, so by the end, people weren't laughing at the fact that he's jokes, but they they were consistently saying, motherfuckers. Tell Filipino to come to Sydney. We need him. Yeah, he. Or don't, you know. Okay. Or don't. But it's an open mic, you know, not everyone gets on the list. But Kevin Hassan went up, started with that, and uh, did some joke. He finished with a joke about smothering babies, which the crowd wasn't really. On board with, I would have had. I would have been the the late laugh and enjoying <laughs> the, that as a new, as a dad. Yeah. <laughs> and who, by the way, I will I will re-quote this every time. Shout out to the Sookie's mic, where at the very first one, Cam Strong uh, asked the audience why he couldn't shit in my baby's mouth. Right. Uh, and I loved it. I'm a fan of that humor. I feel like everybody has a Cam Strong quote from an open mic and. Very rarely is there a neutral feeling about it. Being you either loved to, it or you are really upset about it. Being able to uh, riff and make other comics laugh is a great skill. One I don't have, but also a skill that is not rewarded in the contest. Not in contests. Or in comedy in general, really. At least valuable in open mics. Sometimes real audiences don't appreciate what we we can. But that's 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 neither here nor there. Uh, we're through the first well, Aaron Harleman uh, he went between me and Filipito um, he did great there was a time where we had Aaron Harleman myself with a red beard Ben Warren Jeremiah Coughlin where it's kind of like oh I hope they don't all put us in the same round because that's going to be very hard on the audience judges <laughs> sure yeah uh, no this was a diverse Tori was the only um, female comedian and just going back now to the wave David Kildall was the third person riding the wave after Bruce Gray did it great. And David had a killer set. It yeah. was one of the best sets. Probably the best set I've seen him have. The one thing I'll say is he did a contest with uh, me like six weeks ago with 30 You're Angel. addicted to contests. I know. We did, a, we did them with 30 Angel. And it felt like a good way to practice just being in a contest. Yeah, absolutely. And David had a great first round set and did in advance. Uh... But it was fun to see him have an even better set in a bigger contest and make it through. Because that just speaks to the nature of the contest. You can't predict the results. You can only predict how you do. And as long as you're consistent and you keep finding ways to get in them and not be deterred by the results, the results will give you an opportunity sooner or later. Absolutely. And, I mean... Very happy for him. Short... If you have lots of punchlines, short jokes... Um, and if you're riding a good wave and you know how to, you know, wait for the laughs and, and not have the audience drown your, your next short one, it can be very, very, um, 
rewarding. He had a he had a plan. He had a tight set. He executed it, and he got big laughs where he needed to. And he closed on a joke about that I'd never heard about comparing trap music and Christian music. And then at the end, he was like, "I mean, all Christian music is trap music when you think about it." <laughs> and that's that's great too. Um, yeah, I mean, if you can, you know, if you're looking at like your scorecard where you have like a little box to write notes, if you have something like that, that you can just pull like. You're just like, oh yeah, Christian trap. You know, if you, the audience can't, you know, can't put a big, you know, uh, if you're not doing on it. If you're not doing like the Bible, if you're not doing Nebraska's funniest person, that'll do really well. Bashing Christians as your closer in Christian Christian music does good in Portland. That'll work. Yeah. Um, Dan Weber's built a career off. <laughs> Dan Weber's great. Uh, he has he has an eight minute Samson killing murder murdered with a jawbone set that murders. His stuff on the Bible is so great because even if you're a Christian, you can't object to it because you're like he knows his stuff. He's so credible. He knows more about the book Bible than I do, and he's drawing these conclusions out of pretty much logic. So. He knows more about the Bible than ninety seven percent of Christians. Yeah, and therefore his eye-rolling take on most of the stories. It's well-earned. Oh, God. And it's it's beautiful. Uh, Dan has been, through the pandemic, just become one of my favorite comedians. And last night was the first night I ever decided, because I'm sensitive and insecure, and I know he just gives it, tells it like it is. So I almost avoid asking him anything directly about comedy for fear that I can't accept it. But last you can night, take his directness, and he's he's very kind, and he will he has he's gotten he's great at at being uh, supportive. And, and he, it's really a skill he's developed over time. I'm sure it was always there, but I mean, he's such a I mean, his posts, his wisdom. I mean, ugh, yeah, we're lucky to have someone like him. I think that we are, and I think <clears throat> that man could have multiple albums of various stories or bible stories and and i think in a way it's a shame he doesn't but i hope he does at some point when we're talking about this in five years i hope he has multiple things that we can share with people uh that don't know him and don't live in portland because uh yeah he's great and i got so i I took i got feedback from him and what did wise dan have to say um that some of my material, he prefaced it by saying that he liked the jokes, which was important for what he said next, which was that uh, some people he felt were offended by certain jokes I did. Sometimes Portland audiences, it's like I can tell because I know the comedian. I've seen them. I've seen the joke. Maybe I've seen even longer version of the joke. Maybe I'm better at giving them the benefit of a doubt. But unless it's crystal clear, like what side of the argument are you on? You can lose a Portland audience real fast, especially an inner southeast Portland audience. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the, so there have been so many times where I've and have seen my friends deliver anti, you know, uh, you know, we're we're no no we're against misogyny. This is a joke about toxic masculinity. You're missing the point. And we've been like like don't come. I saw a heckler at uh, Hungry Tiger two. His retort to not understanding, coming down on the you know criticizing the comic Trevor Charles. Uh, about you know being too intellectual it's like I'm not an intellectual I don't read and walked and stormed out of the bar <laughs> and so it's like it's like no 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 one what and also <laughs> the comedian was on your side you just you gotta give you gotta you can't clench so hard that you miss you know the sophistication of 
hey, give me the benefit of doubt that I'm talking about what is on everybody's minds. Sure. I'm, and I tried sort of to do jokes, and I think I need to get over this, that I hope can work for both sides and try to like... But in a way, that takes... Trying to cater to 100% of the it's audience impossible. will take a lot of the sting out of your joke. And Jake you Silverman figured it out. I loved watching Jake during the pandemic, too. I mean, there is... Uh, the scene's not huge, but there's some people in it who, if you just kind of follow them around and watch what they're doing, you could pick up a lot. Um, Jake, yeah. Jake, Jake, uh, I don't know if he ghosted on the contest. Or he didn't. He's, he's dropping. He, he swapped, and he'll be... He got the last date. He swapped with Jake. Oh, oh shit. That's one last spot for Brendo. He swapped with Jake Tooley. Brendo, Brendo's nervous now because he's got a crusher, but Jake doesn't give a fuck. I, I Jake been, doesn't give a he's fuck. He's going up right after me. Oh, well. I've been begging. Better, that's better than before. <laughs> I've been begging Jake to just do crowd work all three rounds. Because <laughs> nobody does that. Yeah, and I think in a contest it doesn't necessarily look great. No, but he's so good at it. It's like, and he'll, I think he, I think he could do it. He like, could he do it. Like one and, minute of jokes, the rest crowd work. He could do it, but I don't know if the audience would. If there's anyone in the scene that could do it, I think it's Jake. Yeah, if there's anyone in the scene, for sure. Undoubtedly, that um, hasn't won it already, and therefore is still in it. I told Lucas today when I was talking to him because he he filled me in on a couple of the sets that I went out and had a smoke for, and uh, but I thought, and he backed me up on this. Tori's Lucas. Lucas is my buddy. He did uh, the parking lot mics with us. There was the sound guy, Lucas Kubala. Lucas um, is cool. He, he is came cool. to Suki's. I love him. Sounds familiar. <laughs> um, I was telling him I thought that if Tori's, if Tori went in David's spot and was riding that wave, and that's no shame to David because he deserves to advance. Yeah, but I think Tori would have advanced. Tori she. was one of my. Tori broke my heart. We love Tori. I know, and I think um, she might have been... I don't know. I don't want to say how she felt about it, but uh, I hope she feels that she did had a strong showing and was just in a strong round because uh, she's great, and she had a great set. It started strong, and it ended strong. She thought that there was lulls on some of the stuff that got a little grosser, like, but I thought that it's they not were fair. It's like Tori should be allowed to talk about hemorrhoids. That was the and joke. Not yeah. lose the crowd if fucking other weirdos are talking about their weird foreskins. And, I think that was the on. joke where she had to say something like, "Is this not? Is this funny or gross?" And let Tori cook. Let her cook, and that's yeah. She um, she easily could have, and as the only um, non or as the only female on the lineup. Uh, we call I them women th- around here, sir. As the only woman on the lineup, I th- I thought she was going to, because um, she seemed to have stuff that would have hit was was hitting with a, a different part of the audience. Yeah, uh, and I say this just lovingly, if you can believe it, but when uh, Tori was around, when I was awarded the prestigious title of Set of the Night at Garages, and I was like, Tori. How are you gonna fare in the contest if you can't beat me at this mic? No, that's not how it is. That's um, <laughs> not how it is. But but I'm glad she's you our neighbor. Them. I love her. I was like, I want to get you on the podcast, but I'm gonna wait before your finals round. I'm like an idiot. I'm like uh, the Oscars this year that we're planning on having a, a Chadwick Boseman memorial by doing <laughs> best actor last. And it's like, 
Hey, now we have Tory Ward. Tory. Uh, That's a good segue. Avi Naiman, uh, who is dead. He he did not make the contest. He got to submit to it, and so he was alive around, you know, in the beginning of 2021. I think is that true? It's 100 percent true because, and I'm I'm smiling because I didn't know him, and and that's and I'm a comic, and that's how we cope with like the idea of death. But I checked it because my buddy TC was on the waiting list, and I was like, well, oh, there's a few of these names I don't know. This one dude's dead. And I was like, this guy. Yeah, I mean, his whole Facebook had these things from April, whereas people like you will be missed, and I was like, not by TC. He's he's pretty. But. Oh man, I don't think that's ever happened. Yeah, uh, what was weird is. I really wanted to rip because the first was his name on the score sheet. Yeah, the last thing so Adam had said to crash exactly. Him off. <laughs> the last thing Adam said was uh, to cross him off, and I, in, and then you. Got I on. wanted to riff about it, but you had to follow a deceased. I wanted to riff him. about the fact that Avi was dead. That was why we crossed him off. But it felt so dark and weird to do, which is off the cuff. It would have really helped me be like settle in and be comfortable. But I was feeling the moment, and uh, yeah, uh, the, a really funny line was once Filipino had gone like eight or nine minutes, I was talking to Bruce, and I was like, you might as well be Avi Naiman at this point, because <laughs> he's not, he's disqualified, and then Bruce goes, uh, hey man, sooner or later we're all Avi Naiman. Sooner or later we're all Avi Naiman. Rest in peace, Avi Naiman. Rest in peace. I would have uh, voted you number one and, and sacrificed my, my ballot in memoriam. We should have just done five minutes of silence. <laughs> if we can find a, a tape of Avi's uh, comedy online, we, we will post it. Good. And, uh, He's my uh, hot shot headshot of the that's week. That's right. Great time for hot shot headshots. We I know Avi this did not follow the format of it, but I hope we hit all of the bases. We're hitting all of it. Good. We're freestyling this morning. It's a little he, weird. He's, he's my hot shot headshot because that picture was probably... Somewhere at his funeral. <laughs> Listeners, go to heliumpresents.com slash portland's dash funniest dash 2021. You will be rewarded. Put it on pause. You're going to be worth so many beautiful headshots. There's a lot. Brendan pulled up his fave. Tell us about, tell us about your hotshot headshot. My fave, my hotshot is advanced, the guy that advanced David Kildall because he's got a banana and he's like, holding it kind of seductively and it's just kind of funny I like it oh my god if I'm casting like a millennial like teen comedy looks like the geeky guy that like has like the pee on his on his pizza I love yeah, that guy he's oh, best was friend. an older gentleman you know well you won you won you won with us you won with our hotshot headshot I gotta give it up to Tori Ward um, her headshot she looks very sophisticated funny in the moment uh, she's wearing glasses um, was she wearing glasses during a contest? I do not believe she wore glasses. Maybe last night. that's what happened. Maybe the audience I also, was like looking at the website and was like, "I can't wait to see this funny-looking comedian with glasses." And then they were presented with a glasses-less Tory Ward, and she got penalized for that. I didn't think about that, but that's possible that she almost like a like she catfished the audience. Yeah. <laughs> catfished them. Uh, she also told me that her boxing trainer and. Um, coach came to see her and almost got in a fight with James Bosquez over where they wanted to sit. Oh, wow. They're probably good coaches if they're that aggressive, you know, on a Tuesday night. But the heat's getting to everybody, so who knows what it was. Um, Is it cool enough in the showroom? Yeah, it was, it was cool. Um, 
I still think it's still a few more names. So there's always more names. David Gray, we talked about him a little bit. Bruce Gray. Bruce Gray. Um, the other David Gray. Is that a musician? Yeah. Bruce Gray, David Kildall, uh, Jordan Castle. That Clancy. was that was the wave. The story of the we wave. About the wave, and then Clancy, Clancy came in after the wave. Was he the next comedian? Uh, oh, it went David uh, Avi Clancy. Obviously, they skipped over Avi. I said he Clancy uh, did jokes about being non-binary. Uh, Clancy doesn't his main bit was about or his opening bit was about hey they don't care about pronouns they use proper names they want to be called Clancy or and then a whole list of things like Grand Tetons he didn't care well, they, they, they didn't <laughs> care it. it was they were great um, th- the set was great it, big energy good jokes uh, little crowd work um and then Michael went next. Um, good old Michael D'Angelo. Good jokes. The Ninja Turtle didn't seem a hundred percent into like all the, the didn't seem committed to all the jokes, but they were well written. Um, and then I think there was sort of a different energy by the time Tori got up, and that's why I say if their positions were flipped, Kildar might have yeah. been battling something. Also. Yeah probably about to change today right is the capacity is going to go up so you were still at the limited capacity mm-hmm. oh yeah we're but the restrictions are lifted 250 tonight Shit. so well, that, i don't know if that's going to be full the, full but that changes things in possibly one way one theory that we had when we were trying to explain well how does someone who's as funny as tori not advance is when there's more capacity and the comedians have a bigger accomplice there's more comedians watching and voting and so I think Tory would have benefited from a larger presence of comedians that are like, we know what we're seeing here. There were at least 15 comedians last night in the audience. Yeah, um, but when there's like, when every comedian has like 10 comps, they can be like 20, 30. And especially if there's not shows and mics. That's true. Add. Most of our friends are. What comics. are you gonna do? Go to Sookie's and do stage time. Lot of comedians do that. You should go. You could watch and then come to our mic. I was under the impression that uh, double the audience would have still been the same results, but maybe better for the tapes. Probably, oh, but yeah. everyone, I, everyone after is gonna get better tapes. I didn't think what you were. I, I, what you're saying is true that. More comps equals more comedians, and when you're at full capacity, you can just let comedians, if you don't sell 250 and 10 comedians want to just come hang out, and they know they can get in for free. Uh, comedians support Helium, buy a ticket. Yeah. If you can. Yeah. I'm dropped, I dropped 50 there last night just on food, drinks, and hanging and tips. But anyway. It's a lot of drinks. Or six chicken strips. Uh, yeah, those foods. They're not a chicken strip menu. Food's no, they got chicken strips. They do. They got some good waffle fries. When people used to ask me, oh, you got helium in Harvey's, you know, what's the best? Well, it's always helium. Uh, and with Harvey's, I, was, I would say, like, helium cares about developing local talent. Helium cares about diversifying their headliners. Uh, Harvey's is in the $18 chicken tender, $8 tall boy business. Yeah. I was working there up until the pandemic just as a bar back and but I still think that their presence will be missed. It was like my having, first open mic. Having the club that doesn't care about your development and is the shitty club. They've turned a page. They still provide uh 
they just take a little pressure off of how much people are trying to get in at helium honestly they give people opportunities to go i'll take my shot there i'll host here and be you know developed before i try to worry yeah about. and there used to be like uh almost like a, a stigma like hosting at harvey's because of this or that and then it's like if you're gonna get reps hosting in front of a packed paper room who cares you know if you're who, gonna learn from who you know, cares you're gonna learn from professionals there's a difference take that for sure and don't apologize exactly and they're not if you're okay with it fuck the open micers that are like you know, but, you know, that, that space just... You You're know. going to meet more Billy Ray Schaefer's at a club, uh, headlining a club, hey. uh, at, like Harvey's. Everyone but, knows a Billy Ray Schaefer. Shout out to Sam Town. But there's things you're going to learn, sometimes more so from a guy who's past his prime and has the horror stories. You and can also still... learn what not to do. Exactly. Uh, but it, you can Those experiences with those That's headliners... That's share with weekend. a lot of comedians what not to do. Those guys can help take some uh, time off of the the hard years if they can either like the fear of God into your work because you don't want to be them, or maybe they just have legitimate tips. Right? Yeah. The the road dogs. It's like, why you're still doing you're still doing Bill Clinton saxophone jokes, <laughs> and it's right. not like deliberately nostalgia porn. It's, it's wild, but right? But it's almost. But it's, look at the reactions they get from those audiences. Yeah, and they're still making their living doing comedy. Yeah. So that's no as here. inspiring as concerning. If you're like in this in the aspirational phase, still, um, I think that covered everybody except Angkor Soon, who no, did brought it out last. Great, Anchor Soon went last. Finished. I mean, a lineup that had very few low points. So. Um, whereas the last spot can sometimes just be like that money spot, I think people might have been overwhelmed by who they were going to pick at well, that point. Soon. Definitely a beneficiary of, of Helium's comedy classes. Nice, and his stuff was good, and it was about home. it was new. It was about the pandemic. It was about being Asian and being treated certain ways because of being Asian and dating, and so it was funny and talking about issues, which. Is like we were saying. Sometimes doesn't work, but it yeah, works. Come on back to Sookies, dude. We love that shit. Anchor Sookies is where I mean, I'm it's an Asian-owned business. Going to Sookies last night was a big part of like why I was like, oh no, last night was a good night. Yeah, you did the thing. You did your set, and then you're like, let me let me bathe it off. Let me do do a rinse or just a hang or maybe a little of both at Sookies. Yeah. We love that. Yeah, because it's uh, you don't make or break your career in one night or one contest. It's the every night stuff. So I'm saying that more for me to feel better about this hangover that you wake up with, uh, your post post, post set hangover. Post so, but it's yeah. There's two shows tonight. So how does the helium contest experience rank compared to San Diego, which we didn't talk much about in the Comedy Works? Uh, well, Comedy Works is the best club ever uh, in terms of just the you feel like you're in a basement with 250 mm. people and they're all looking at that you. Todd Glass standard of approval. Yeah, Dave Chappelle's second favorite club in the country, and it's, yeah, I mean, I did my first ever set there, and then my second set ever was the contest, so I look back on it like, man, I wish I would have had that audience, knowing what I know, even three years ago versus Who was winning the contest when you were around? Uh, That year was Kristen Rand, uh, who moved to L.A., and I think maybe stopped comedy, uh, a guy named what was his name? I mean, I Helium's got Ian Carmel. 
Amy Miller. Right. Uh, well, I remember Adam Kate and Holland won it. I think uh, he's one of the Grolix guys that did those a who writer. Can't. He is a writer. Um, oh, great! Sad. I was watching book. John Christ when he was a so John Christ is that he's a he was a Christian comic. He's still like a Christian comic, but he does a lot of like videos, Instagram. Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh huh. So him, Sam Talent. Nathan Lund and their That's whole group. Wild. They were all up there at the same time doing completely different styles. Different. And then you also had like older people like um, Hippie Man. I've, heard, I've seen him on the High Plains. And, I always check out the uh, High Plains lineups and, and Hippie Man's a regular. I'm yeah. like, this guy must be a legend. He kind of is out there. Get um, him out here, dude. He loves hookies. I don't love hookies. Headliner, Hippie I, Man. I was just watching that pre where I was like, oh, I think I have to get into this. This is... And, but the helium contest compares just I mean it's the only club in town so those people those other cities have other venues and places with opportunities this feels like uh, it matters a lot but it I does, wish yeah. there was more carrots to put you know, in our crowns than hosting and helium contest and maybe get into other towns big festivals but yeah. I think that's why you gotta kind of go travel and do go visit other no, scenes bring them to you bring them to Sookie's everyone's gonna pearl through eventually that's true let's just keep plugging Sookie's there's a lot of contests left at helium there's, there's a, a round tonight a full month of um, full capacity we're, we don't, we're not gonna go through everybody but who, who, who would you who would you look forward to seeing tonight on the lineup Kelly Ryan for sure I think she'll advance um Another L.A. trans. She is Bruce's girlfriend, and Ooh. the two of them crush. Power couple. Power, power, power couple. couple. They will have, yeah. They made a great... I, may they draw the same semifinal like two team. of these people. There were six on there that I didn't recognize. I seen Noah, and I saw Kelly do a set at a bachelorette party at Sookie's. Kelly Irwin used to work at Helium, now works where I work. Where's that? Uh, I don't want to say. Okay, sure. That's good. <laughs> Some school that's fake and lives online. Nice. Uh, so you don't see each other because it's online. She was uh, she was hired during the pandemic, so like no one has seen Kelly. I'm like, it's gonna be crazy when we go back to the office and like no one has realized that you're actually like six foot one <laughs> when you're in shoes. Did you just I say her on Zoom? Um, no, so if great. she does it, I don't know. She's she's, she's been, she may or may not. Um, but if she shows, she's she's a hoot. Um, but I would also have to shout out my former uh, Sookies co-producer Riley McCarthy uh, he's made it to the finals before the year he made it to the finals I've been watching him and I was like this guy's this, this dude's so funny I, I'm i oh, yeah. old I need a, a younger funnier sexier co-host and you know we uh, I was so fortunate to have him produce a string of shows that he checks uh, all those boxes Sookies all of those things wow. Scott the second for the first time last night at Sookies oh. Scott the second that's your pick he was good. going with gay team gay team gay team gay I'm on Scott the Seconds team for sure I love uh, it. he one of my favorite people all right and very funny well we wish them all well and we'll have the recap later in the week and you know man this is I just want to say contest fever I I don't know how this episode compares but I really appreciate just what you guys are doing for the scene because a com a, a comedy contest can get real shitty. And I think Dan's post was trying to like set the tone, thwart shittiness. This is good. 
because uh, you could just be on here talking about how that guy make it or eh, this guy's not gonna make it. And this from the first listen, I was like, oh no, they're being positive. This has got a like a purity to it where they're just in it for the goodness of the scene. Love and it. you love don't, comedians. You don't always see that, so I appreciate it. I appreciate you having me. I'll be happy to go cover a night if you don't have anybody. And I don't have shows, so uh, and I'll, if uh, depending not, I'll on see my baby's sleep schedule, we'll be around, man. Um, I'm looking we'll, forward to it. But we'll definitely be at Sookies on Tuesdays. Sookies Tuesdays comedy. Brendo, what are you doing this week? Brendo's gonna be flying solo at Sookies this week. I'm gonna be home alone. He's I'm scared, a nervous about everything. Check in on your Brendo. Okay. <laughs> we got we got the neighbor Michael Phelps. He's gonna be co-hosting the Sookies. There you go. So you got you got backup. Brent will be around if you need backup to the backup. Uh-huh. I'm just having to fend for myself for a week. It's like a lot. I, just gotta think a lot of pizza. I think you're gonna order like a pizza a day or a pizza every two days. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, you make sure you feed. You get fed. Which mics are you planning to hit? Well, I don't have transportation, so mm. we'll see what I get to. You don't even have Uber. Try and get a ride to the garages from somebody That's there. Well, we got it's we on got, the way for me. So hit me up uh, if you need a ride. I, I mean, I'm gonna be there start to finish probably. So you might not want to stay that whole time. But if you hit me up Monday <laughs> at like you know anytime before six, I can give you a ride. Radio Brendo Man, the podcast where comedians find rides to mics. It's important. Yeah, I also might start work next week, so I'm like nervous That's about right. that. Weed temp. Doing weed temp. Weed temp. If you can get a ride to if where I you need to. If you get a ride to where I need to be. Trim. Grow. It's those damn rides. Brendan's got a lot going on. It's exciting. So much contest to come. I'm excited. So much contest. We did it. Love you, bro. Jordan Kastner's one of my picks now. For I, I hope I All think of he's going to make it. There he goes. Finals pick. I, I still am going to pick Tori to make it to the finals. <laughs> just in spirit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I stand by that pick. Brendo, who's your who's your current fave to make the finals? Um, Only I'm, using the comedians we've seen. I'm going to have to go with... Uh, who's got your high scores? Are you going well, with like I like, I, like Dal- I like Dahlia a lot. Woo, Dahlia's got a fan in Brendo. And I Let's like... Uh, I like Jeremiah Coughlin. Right. Two good picks. Tune in next week. Cool. Love you, dudes. Love you, bro. Bye. Sorry, sorry for the keys. That was bad. <laughs>